Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Raptor Podcast. I'm Robert Scarpanito, your features editor. Andrew Rutten, editor-in-chief. Rutledge Doggett, site founder. Uh, Andrew Stretch, the CEO editor. CEO editor. Rut, you better watch out. Yep. <laughs> what do you call yourself? Do you I'll call start. yourself CEO? I don't know. What does your staff page say? CEO and yeah, founder. It say CEO and it? founder. Yeah. yeah. And then my email signature has like I think we need like to get a hot editor. new model, like our story we're going to talk about. Mm. Mm. We need to gold now. He's... Yeah. Rutz talks. Rutz talking about making his own crypto too much. He's got the embezzlement case that was just dropped. I don't know mm. why. Fucking cops can't get anything right. And you don't know so. this, but every other message he sends in Slack is about Shibcoin. We don't know yeah, why. Yeah. No one responds actually, to it. He, he actually has a feature it. in Slack that like links to his his wallet to donate at the end of every message. Yeah, it's fucked up. It's like a signature, That's, but for I am. It's really weird. Yeah. When one of us at Tech Raptor isn't actively writing an article, um, we're hooked up to a whole bunch of hamster wheels that's just generating Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it, it's the greenest way to generate green coin or yeah. Bitcoin, though. It's to be also fair, right? producing electricity somehow that he's selling back to the grid. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be to be fair, um, isn't that what most sites are doing at this point? Like CNET's editor in chief stepped down to handle. Web three or being AI weird. editor, the AI oh, yeah. article editor. Yeah, the the NFTs yeah. for writing. Hard to bring up that April Fool's joke we had again. That article about the journalists dying and the robots taking over because it's becoming true. We wrote that <laughs> seven years ago or something, and now yeah. it's all true. Yeah, everybody yeah. was. I, what I said was just absolutely boneheaded stupid on that yeah. on that reply about authors dying but um yeah it's rare that you say anything boneheaded and stupid I, it seems like i might have been well ahead of the curve I mean... and this is why we need a ceo editor <laughs> yeah. yeah you have to edit everything that i say basically I will, Actually, I will not forget the day i walked into that when that happened yeah it's like you yeah this it hasn't been brought talk. up publicly in about six months so things are going well you're keeping it alive though because you're bringing it up publicly now yeah Yeah. uh this week we're going to talk about like a dragon machine we're also going to talk about uh psych odyssey that that documentary from double fine which is pretty interesting but first we're going to dive into some news because square enix has a new ceo or will soon get a new ceo um the old ceo yosuke matsuda is departing and will be replaced by takashi kiryu not related to the like a dragon protagonist um totally different company totally totally that's <laughs> sega um <laughs> but this will not affect their current game release schedule nor will it affect their web 3.0 strategy which is still slated to continue so give me all the yeah. nfts we probably gonna ramp it up we're being honest yeah, what was his yeah. title before? The he was high up. Like it's not like he's some he, random dude. He was. I think he was a company. chief strategy officer or something. Yeah, so like line. he was yeah. in on the decision. So people are like, oh, it's gonna be a breath of fresh air. Square Enix is gonna be totally new. Eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, and this is also amid the news too that Luminous Productions is that the name of the studio, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the Final Fantasy Fifteen and the Forspoken Studio is gonna be merged back into the Square Enix company which i didn't realize yeah, how separate I, it was but i didn't realize either i just assumed it was 
kind of just another development division. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's yeah, it's probably the same kind of thing that happened with like Vicarious Visions, um, like going from being Vicarious Visions to just being at like Activision Studio, whatever. Mm. Yeah, Activision Studio number one hundred sixty-two. Well, yeah, I don't know. Square's always doing weird shit like that because, like, it was their first game they did was Final Fantasy Fifteen. It's like so obviously it's a Square team. Mm -hmm. For some reason, they needed to have their own name, and now they don't. They're like, yeah, we're well, isn't uh, isn't My like the reasons. normal teams that work on the Final Fantasy games weirdly named as well? Well, like, yeah, like business division, yeah. Yeah, 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 creative division. A lot of yeah. the big company, yeah. a lot of big Japanese companies, like because Nintendo does the same stuff. Uh, like a lot of times, you'll see it be developed by Nintendo, but they have specific teams that do specific things. They have very hard to follow names because it's just yeah like division b division c or whatever yeah they're almost like it's it kind of feels like internal code names instead yeah. of like a branded mm -hmm. studio you know mm -hmm. out front so i guess i guess when we hear about that happening it's just been like you know we'll just give those like game studios the name of like the city that they're in yeah uh, it's yeah. that's the difference yeah, yeah. It's, yeah it's, it's mostly for like employment and tax and probably like revenue oh, for yeah. generation yeah. 100%. it's just oh. internal names that are public and i'm yeah. sure it's a messaging thing like too because they can say published by or made by nintendo or whatever and it's just nintendo mm -hmm. made by square enix it's just square enix even though it's this team or that team or this team mm -hmm. or whatever i'd argue it's a bit more like that with nintendo i feel like nintendo yes. is very much they want to be the monolith right not to be yep. confused with monolith software but they want to be like they are nintendo whereas square yep. enix i think they're a little bit more like yeah luminous because we've got the luminous engine you know we want like i that i'm sure that was part of the decision because they yeah, have a okay. weird boner for making engines Mm -hmm. and iterating on them what, the luminous engine them. like three games have been made with it well i don't really? think they actually made a game with it they just they made the engine and they're like eh, we're going to take some of the technology from it and use it in other engines yeah. okay no it, it 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 was used for the agnes philosophy in which yeah. chapter zero tech demo which were yeah. gorgeous it was used for final fantasy 15 and it was used for for spoken Mm. from what um, i recall though if you read more into those is that it wasn't like that's the base engine they used they just used some tech from the luminous stuff i think the I only know. thing it's fully been used for is that tech demo which was really cool at the time and it's like oh yeah. we're not going to make a game using it now it's oh, like yeah. what the fuck what they spent a shit ton of money making this engine yeah it's, yeah. Uh, it's one of the most bizarre things because <laughs> mm -hmm. i mean and then, uh, yeah because uh kingdom hearts 3 was announced to be on Luminous Engine, and then they had so many fucking development issues, and yeah. they just like eh, yeah, four years now. into production, let's swap <laughs> it to Unreal. Yeah, yeah. basically, I, I think Kingdom of Hearts Four is also in Unreal, or have they not said yet? Uh, I think that they're just gonna be. I, I would not I, be surprised if they just stuck with Unreal. It's yeah. gotta be an Unreal Five game, probably now. Right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I mean, it looks you know largely similar, just prettier than Three. Yeah. Um. But to go back to the, the new CEO, the reason why Yosuke Matsuda is stepping down, um, he clarified and added that this is not a direct correlation to the uh, recent performance of the company. Uh, it's, it's particularly just that he's been meaning to step down for some time. He's approaching the 10 years as CEO, Mark, and he's like, this is a good time for me to pass the baton to a new generation. That is the current official well. statement. 
we can't say that what to know what's going on internally, but that's a very nice way to let him bow out if that's if he is being forced out. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I thought I saw somebody mention something about something about the board not being happy with how quickly they had moved on the web three stuff too, and how there's basically Ooh. been very little. I mean, maybe, but the web three plans are still yeah in the works. Well, like, I'm wondering if the new CEO is gonna push it faster. It's okay. They're just they're just they're just letting him out of the company quietly before any insider trading comes up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's got to go fast. Like, damn it, we can't do this again. <laughs> yeah, so we're unsure of where you know Takase Kiryu is gonna or Takashi Kiryu is gonna take this next, right? Like, yeah. it's hard to say, and it's also kind of hard to say how much like direct impact the ceo really will have on things mm -hmm. like you know you don't play an assassin's creed game and you look at a thing and you're like eves guillermo did that you know <laughs> like, yeah. like a, yeah it's kind of more not, general not direction. big companies yeah 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 yes. i mean i'm sure there'll be some changes because this is a marks a change of whatever it might be and maybe it is something that the board or other execs are like okay we need to shift the company in this direction we think this is the guy to lead that shift so mm -hmm. it could be something like that who knows for for the end user it's gonna maybe yeah. nothing different it's not gonna <laughs> change, it's gonna change. Yeah. yeah i don't at least not for the foreseeable future right like we can still yeah, expect not, yeah. 16 you can still expect that seven reunion rebirth whatever the seven remake Re two yeah Earth. seven I it's reunion i think it's reunion no, Reunion was Crisis Core, wasn't oh, it? Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I want to forget that for Remake 2. Yeah, it's Rebirth for Remake 2. Right. I want to forget yeah. that garbage game. That I think they're aiming for, what, like holiday season 2023 for that? Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It should be out by the end of the year. Well, right. Obviously, Square's in some kind of turmoil with them selling off, you know, pretty big punk chunk of the company. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, too speaking of, of Luminous, you know, I don't think that I've seen any direct uh, any direct sales numbers for Forspoken, but between yeah. the between the issues that it already had, sorry, not issues, um, between the pre-release uh, negative buzz for mm. various shitty political take reasons, coupled yeah. with the fact that the game came out and it was a bit of a a bit of a wet fart. Mm. Um, you know, Square Enix is looking to shape up. We'll see whether they they announce Forspoken is a is as much a failure as uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, though. <laughs> yeah, or or the OG Tomb Raider. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, you can tell just by looking and playing, even just the Forspoken demo, they put a lot of money into that yes. video game. Yes, they did. Um, so I, like, I'm sure they're expecting or wanting a really big return on that investment and yeah, i don't I, I don't know if, the, if that's the game to do it no i don't i don't think so uh i probably highly doubt it sold well or is selling well and i think for square um it, what's really going to tell them if they're all that dire is how well final fantasy the two final fantasies are going to do thank god they have both of them coming soon yeah, <laughs> I think they're going to be a huge, huge bump on their financials for this year. Mm -hmm. Probably much, but, much needed. You know, those those mainline Final Fantasies have kind of not done super hot. Like Final Fantasy 15 uh, was a big game, but not like as big as they probably hoped then either. 
Yeah, I feel like 15 was a, a slow criticism. burn. And I think part yeah. of it was that, because wasn't it like it kept getting more features? Like it's not until two or three years after it came out that you can swap between all four party members and like yeah they kept getting stuff they canceled some dlc for it Mm -hmm. at some point they like reworked one of the end toward the end chapter stuff and they also came into 15 weirdly like gung-ho with all of like the crossover and the tie-in stuff because like the the, noodle yeah well the the cup noodle stuff was weird it's like i really enjoyed the kingsglaive movie it was crazy to me that such a major plot point as the fall of of the king and the home city was a 10 second like quick running flash in the game um yeah and and they're just like oh well you know if you want to like i was expecting like a pop out you know like a like a news ticker to show up and like if you want to see the whole story <laughs> go watch our movie link. to go watch it's, the yeah. it's got it's got jesse pinkman in it yeah yeah i think that was a weird decision and i'm so i mean it's seemingly we're three months away from it but seemingly so far final fantasy 16 is not going the route of like and also watch this two hour feature length movie to get the real story right no, they are like saying, saying some worrying stuff of like we want it to be you know a little darker a little more serious and it's like uh-oh this can go like one of two chaos. Ways. <laughs> yeah, this, this could go one of two ways here. It doesn't uh, look like it's going the campy chaos way, though. No, no, it does not. But it's like, <laughs> if it is, it going to be taking itself too seriously? And it's like, oh no, mm. Final Fantasy is not a take itself too seriously game. Like it's it's ridiculous with moments it zeroes in on every once in a while. Yeah, and that's kind I mean, of it's the always deal. had dark themes to it. Yeah, it's never been like, hey, this entire thing is just super serious. Yeah, like I'm very curious how because I think there was like a shot in one of the trailers where like a chocobo gets blood on it. And there was something about that that just like stood out to me as like, oh, that the chocobo is like the the innocent part of the. This isn't your grandmother's (laughs) final fantasy. (laughs) Like like nothing bad happens around a chocobo. No. But I guess now it's uh, like, just racing. Maybe yeah. we'll get those like gratuitous blood shots, like in a Tarantino movie, where he'll shoot mm-hmm. some flower that gets a bunch of blood th- thrown on it, just like a whole bunch of their feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. just smeared across feathers, just mm-hmm. an absurd I, amount. I think the worst thing we ever see happen to a chocobo is the the commentary on the chocobo obesity crisis. But, uh, mm. you know, that's really yeah. it. The big chocobos. Yeah, yeah, now there'll be chocobo races, but there'll be a, a really long, like, side quest about how they're poorly treated, and you have to mm. save it's not, And then there's going to be some farm that's going to make some statement about animal mistreatment. That's dark. That's right. I think you I think you just described how you get a Pona in Ocarina of Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, you're going to see the poor caged chocobos. They're going to be so cramped and can't move, and they're going to mm. have pluck, plucked feathers and shit. Poor little guys. I mean, yeah. they they definitely eat chocobo, right? I hope so. I, like, maybe. like, chocobo, would, would it taste like a giant chicken? I, I would know. assume as much. You know how, like, when you're a kid, when like you'd watch like the Flintstones or like other mm. cartoons, and they'd have the massive like chicken leg, but those don't exist, or, like turkey legs. Oh yeah, like, yeah. What it is for the chocobo <laughs> to whipping a massive chocobo leg out to eat on? I mean, yeah, if you think about it, that 
that chocobo leg, you'd need like two hands. It'd be like the size of a club. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be huge. You could feed a whole family with just a leg. Yeah. And why if they'd be dumb not to. Yeah. Yo, I bet I bet there's some some great Final Fantasy monsters to eat out there. Yeah, like let's, the let's rank the best ones. Yeah, yeah I was what, gonna say what monster do you want to eat the most in Final <laughs> Fantasy? Discuss. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like a bomb would be really like good and spicy. Probably be like a like a tougher. Well, I don't. Be, I, mm. It would be industrial tasting. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, but what about the ice bombs? Those would be good in a smoothie or like in a milkshake. No. Blend it up. I don't know. I'm just eating cactuars. That's it. The cactuar juice. Yeah. Mm. I'm juicing them. Can't find do, anything do you, about fan, Final Fantasy dishes that ever existed. With I mean, chocobo. there is a Final Fantasy 14 cookbook. That's that is a real thing. Yeah. Is there a um, chocobo dish in that cookbook? I don't know, but we can find out. Uh, mm. Behemoths. I bet those would taste pretty gamey, but mm. yeah, be, you know, pretty. They're tough. They're all eating, muscle. Be, yeah, they're all muscle. Dog, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I can't. I can't really. Cactuar uh... would be oh. a tricky food. Yeah. I mean, the 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 flan are pretty easy. I bet yeah, I know what yeah, those would taste yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, you usually yeah. find dirty spaces, so do you want to? It's true. true. They normally are in like the sewers and shit. They have yeah. Yeah. the slime. Some yeah. oglops. Goes in tight. But yeah, that's Square Enix. They're they're just in a passing the torch kind of moment. I don't expect that to change much in the next, you know like what you can expect from Square Enix, especially like on the ground. Maybe in the next few years, this might affect Web 3.0, how, whatever their plans manifest to be in that space. But for now, we just have to wait and see what they do. Uh, we also got some Dead Island 2 footage. We got 14 unadulterated yeah. minutes in LA with uh, Dead Island 2. Where I, like that's really what they're calling it. I'm pretty sure it's in the branding, right? Hell A. I think so. Like Hell Dash A. Um, so yeah, we got we got 14 minutes of a game that looks like Dead Island One remastered. <laughs> that was yeah. that was my first thought when I pulled it up. It's like this this looks like an Xbox 360 game that I would have loved to have played a decade ago. <laughs> and you can. It's called Dead Island. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think it's it's only fair for us to talk about it because the last time we got some Dead Island two uh, news, I think we brought up those screenshots that. There, I, I'm still flattened. convinced to this day that those screenshots were not organically taken in game. I doubt those it. were photoshopped. There's no way. Mm. Yeah. That was absolutely someone saw like some environment and then they totally put whatever enemy or whatever fucking zombie in it. Like, or like, like it, there was it a had that weird layering it. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Or I guess the lighting, maybe the lighting just wasn't yeah, done it's, yet. It's the lighting exactly what it was. It just well, it wasn't matching. It looked right, right. terrible. I will say the gameplay looks better than that screenshot led me to believe. <laughs> I, I do. It's a it's a game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it actually looks like a, a solid video game. Like it will function, you know. I mean, and like okay, like like from a from a functional on the box. technical okay, perspective. Okay, it's te it's technically I'm, functional. Yeah, yeah, it's Boy, like a technically rock solid. It's put it on the box. <laughs> uh, functions. It, it, it functions. So many zombies to kill. You can yeah. hit of new game and it it may continue. It, you know, yeah. you can make a new save file. Yeah, cutscenes play. Yeah. Gameplay happens. You know, that's actually a pretty big you know, 
accomplishment nowadays. If you don't, mm. if you can actually get through a lot of that stuff, if you can get through a cutscene, yeah. Well, I mean, if then there's not these insane bugs, yeah, it's true. It's not uh, not a small feat mm. for some reason now. Yeah. So, Rut, I know you said earlier in the in the pre-show that you are actually excited. Surprisingly excited, I think was the words you used for Dead Island Two. This uh, this is some Elex looking bullshit. <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course he's excited. This is right up his alley. I mean, I I enjoy the games that are kind of mindless at times, like where you're just kind of just killing stuff and exploring a world. And mm-hmm. like um, when you play it, you want to be the zombie. Yeah. Like Dynasty Warriors Four. I I will leave. <laughs> I, will, I will not stand for yeah. this slander. Musa games are pretty mindless. Yeah, like, they're they're built to be you. mindless. They're strategy. They're they're pure number go up games. I, I will not stand for this. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> you tell. I rest my case. You but... run across Lubu and you tell me how, what you do if it's a numbers go up moment. It's a shit your pants moment, all right? Mm, that's mm-hmm. a, that's called emotions in video games. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, fuck The Last of Us. That's right. This is where there's true <laughs> raw emotions. Emotion. Yeah. When are we getting the, the HBO Dynasty Warriors series then? Dude. Dude. Yeah. Think of all the, the, the guitar riffs that would be going on in the insane shit that'd be happening. That'd be awesome. You're not you're not making it sound better. I think I think if I wanted to see any any like anywhere do anything dynasty warriors related it would have to be um like bollywood or something where you get like mm. those crazy action scenes <laughs> that would be it's pretty just sick. like cgi humans Although, wait, like flying everywhere didn't they just put out a dynasty warriors movie i think it was made in was it a chinese was it a chinese movie like a company i think i, I want to say that they this came out i wouldn't be surprised if there was something like with that uh, yeah, sort of, and I think it was called Dynasty Wars because I know Romance of the Three Kingdoms, like what it's based off, is a very yeah. big text mm-hmm. and like big thing in China mm-hmm. and uh, all around the world. But Hong Kong film, yeah, mm. I thought I thought something like that. Yeah, Lou what were the reviews? Uh, the reception from the Not box so office. Good. Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it's even got a rating on 2. there. Two point five out of five. Oof. Uh, writing for Polygon, Todd Harper believed the film struggled between its adaptation of Romance of the Three Kingdoms and Dynasty Warriors. He felt it was inconsistent in the plot, somehow sometimes presented as historical period drama and sometimes as wuxia, creating how, a deep frustration at how scattershot the film is. Bummer. They have like 12 games that all sell the same exact story in the same order. <laughs> Hey, how about how about this though? <laughs> he praised the action sequences and choice of music, so you still might get those That's great guitar want. riffs. It's like eighty or ninety percent of what you need. That's what the game is. Yeah. So Dead Island Two also has some pretty bad guitar riffs in in that. Um... Well, I'm not. Are you saying that the ones in Dynasty Warriors are bad? So yeah, there's there's that little quest in the, in the footage. It's getting defensive. <laughs> No, yeah, there, where you're like, there's someone who's just a shredder, like surfer bro dude, and you're just trying to, I guess, like put batteries in his gate so it closes. It felt very like ten years ago, not quite fetch quest, but you know, like it's, I mean, it's very Dead Island in terms yeah. of that. That first one was very like, go here, do this, then go here, do this, do this for this person, and just mm-hmm. mow zombies down along the way. And I think if you like that, and I did. 
Um, it, it is appealing. It looks, I mean, very nice in comparison. Um, mm. You get nice up, upgraded graphics for the most part. And it looks like they added a lot of kind of additional features in terms of how you can take out zombies, abilities, weaponry, and stuff like that. So it's the first one, I mean, was very melee focused. Yeah, um, you didn't get and this one like looks the like there's half, a fair right? amount of yeah. weaponry that you can choose from. Like, I think one so, of them was like a sledgehammer and just yeeted a zombie. Yeah, and I will say the trailer made the sledgehammer look and sound satisfying. Like, the crunch yeah. and the weight of the animation was like, oh, that doesn't look super weighty. But there was, uh, so the character they were playing as in it was the, the Irish uh, lady. I forget mm -hmm. her name, but she had this power where she can like smack the ground to do like a shockwave. And I will say, like, from a gameplay aspect, that's like, okay, that's fun, that's interesting, that's neat, whatever. From an animations perspective, that was, like, the lamest, like, punch the ground I've seen in a long time. That looks like it did not have any weight to it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a 10 out of 10 game. I think it's going to, for people who like just kind of mowing down zombies and, and what the original Dead Island offered, it looks like it's going to be that and then some. Um, which is, I mean, not a bad thing. It's definitely mm. its own. So why world. should I play that and not like Dying Light, which has like other shit going on, like interesting? No, I haven't played movement. Dying Light. Well, no, I played the second one. I played the first. Yeah, because Dying Light Two has all the parkour the stuff. Parkour. Yeah. What I remember, and Dead Island, a bunch of zombies. Yeah, the OG Dead Island didn't really have like parkour. Parkour, no. right? It was mostly just running around and jumping. It was Far Cry like, with zombies. Yeah, but and less Far Cry shit to do. I did not click with Dead Island two or D Dying Light two at all. Mm. Uh, Dying Light one was where it was at because yeah, like Dying Light and Dead Island came out roughly around the same time, I believe. Yeah, so Before years apart, within a yeah. couple years of each other, I think. Yeah, uh, I I played Dying Light first, and then like Dead Island came to games with gold or something. So I played that, and it was just like. I'm going to go back to Dying Light because that's doing yeah. this, but better. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, knowing, I mean, knowing that that this game has been in some sort of like development state or development limbo since 2013, I wonder how much of kind of they got set in the structure of the game back then. Yeah. Um, and then as the world has moved around them, uh, just you know the 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 game that would have been very relevant at the time is now not as relevant yeah 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 i, I think the the strongest thing this game has i think this the dismemberment stuff kind of looks pretty neat mm. but it reminds me also of like doom eternals um dismemberment yeah. sort of vibe uh otherwise it does kind of look like a paint by the numbers zombie you know slice them up Smack them up, shoot them up. Yep. Kill mm -hmm. zombies, complete twit, complete quests. Yeah. Save the save yeah. hell a. Yeah, and and the writing. Well, I hope they the lean quest. into the hell a stuff like that vibe because that's yeah. what will make it more appealing. I think. I hope so too, but I hope the writing. I hope that there's more to it than what they gave us a taste of because that to me yeah. was very like kind of purely gameplay though, right? Was I mean, there was a bit of. The bit of discussion with like that yeah. that guitar character and his partner um, that I was very like other trying to be funny and I am not here for this. 
kind of vibe. Well, but. so they're forespoken it up, huh? Yeah, forespoken was was maybe better no, with the I, jokes. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's just I, that's that's now going to be the go-to game people talk about when it's got bad cringe jokes. jokes. Yeah, yeah. For joking. Well, if, if only they were for joking. What's well, like? Only. It's like if if any movie nowadays dares to have their characters quip with each other in the middle of a sequence, it's just like God, Joss Whedon all over this. <laughs> like, come on, guys. The marvelification of Hollywood. I said a joke. It's like, have you guys seen the original Star Wars? They're doing shit like left and right. Well, no, they they were inspired by Iron Man, though. I know it came out like 30 years before. It came out, yeah, 31 years after Star Wars came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's shift over and talk about some games and also a documentary. Uh, Auden, you want to talk about Psych Odyssey, that thing from Double Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say I'm not a big Psychonauts dude. Like I played the first one. I've not played the second one. Um, I like that they exist because they're cool and unique and have definitely have a unique vision. And I'm always down for cool shit like that. Um, but this documentary, they made it. Um, I think the first bit of footage from it's from 2015. Mm-hmm. So they were filming the entire time. So like they That's it awesome. ends with um. Or it begins with them just like doing a little. They they had some footage of them making the original Psychonauts, so they started with that. Like, what was the development like for that? And it was basically like hanging by a fucking thread the entire time. Like, Tim Schafer was at his wit's end because he's mm. like, I don't know what's gonna happen, that kind of thing. Uh, so that's the first episode. But then it moves into okay, now we can start talking about Psychonauts two and stuff. And I had forgotten about it. Um, I remember as soon as they they start talking about it, though that they had done a Psychonauts uh, VR game that was like a bridge between one and two, oh, like Rhombus of Ruin, yeah, Rhombus of Ruin, and so it starts talking with the development of that um, and how the company was excited to go back to Psychonauts because it'd been you know at that point what 12, 13 years oh, since yeah. they'd done Psychonauts because they'd done a bunch of stuff in between. Um, but anyway, what I wanted to bring it up is that it's such a like I it's it's pretty in depth in what it lets you see in terms of making a game. And I think if anybody's interested in kind of how things are made, uh definitely watch it. And I think what makes it a lot more watchable for some people, because that could sound kind of dry because like we're looking at this technical stuff, it's a, it's not very, like, if you look at a dev environment of a game, it's, like, not interesting to look at. Or yeah, It looks a lot like an office, really. Yeah, they're having an office, and, like, they're in an office, and they're having boring business discussions or whatever. But may, what makes this a little more enjoyable to watch, I think, is that, like, Tim Schafer is himself a character, and he's just a comedic <laughs> dude. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of the team at Double Fine also kind of, they all kind of have the similar vibe. Um it's not super serious. Like they'll have very uh, frank discussions in this. They're very open, uh, but they're definitely very, they like to joke with each other a lot. And I think that makes it a little easier to watch mm. uh, for some people that if, it, if it's like, Oh, this is just too dry for information. It's, are you saying that this uh, documentary has been Marvelified? Would you say Joss Whedon had a hand in <laughs> That's right. making this? Tim Schaefer. <laughs> he actually calls Joss Whedon and asks him for permission. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's super interesting because it, it gets into, uh, the business side of stuff, the money side of stuff, 
even just to the basics of like when they're starting to make this VR game, um, like want to make just a very simple proof of concept, like five minute experience, what they call it. So it's just like, here's a couple of mechanical ideas we have. And we just want to see it play out. And it's very like, basically it was a hall, a T hallway. And that was it of guys walking around. We're like, this is all we want uh, to play with to see if this actually even makes sense. Cause it's, they say that's, if you say something out loud, it's like, Oh, that sounds fun. But is it fun? Mm. Like I could say like, Oh yeah. Like hitting this guy with a sword. That's fun. But okay. But if how we execute it, is it, I don't know. Like, could it be like something that seems no brainer? Like with their, um, their little demo idea was, uh, Raz is stuck behind a cell and he has the ability to look through people's eyes, clairvoyance. And you could use that to bounce around, like look through a guard's eyes and someone else to move yourself around the map to get to something. And like they, they wanted to distract the guard with a, a sandwich that was a crab that eventually walks out and like runs away. And the <laughs> guard's got to chase this thing. So they're just like, like the idea when someone had it, like that sounds fun, but we don't know. Like right. uh, until we do it. So it's a lot of, um, and I'm this is still really early on in this uh, documentary series. Um, I think that that will be eye-opening for a lot of people. If, like they have ideas that aren't going to pan out, that they, they're going to just scrap completely that took a lot of time so there's a lot of iteration in games i don't think people realize that's where a lot of time goes because they don't know it sounds really easy to be like yeah we're gonna make a a knight in shining armor game where knights are fighting people and mm. you go save the princess or whatever it's like yeah, yeah. that's an idea for a game but that's how a do you do of, it uh, yeah it's like that like it's like that thing like how to draw an owl and here's the rest of the fucking owl kind of thing <laughs> when you have an idea for a game and getting there mm-hmm. um but they just get into super interesting cool uh discussions that i find fascinating like when they're very early on having early concept art stuff talking about like what does the art of psychonauts look like and like uh, any any thing that's created out there has like some art design stuff like mm-hmm. here's certain criteria like this is what makes this psychonauts this is what makes this mm-hmm. you know the witch this makes this whatever right they follow some guidelines mm-hmm. it's just interesting to have to see all the artists sitting around talking about what that is and why they made this change or why this isn't as dynamic or interesting look at as this or what this and like it's, it's just interesting to hear them talk because they're very good mm-hmm. at what they do but one has thing that was that I was gonna say, has there been a, a a member of the development team yet that has come out as a as an unknown heel? Uh, I normally find when I'm watching video game related documentaries, there's uh, somehow some kind of rivalry that that comes up. A little bit of kayfabe. Um, oh. no, but it's it's the, it's an interesting time for Double Fine when they're starting this because they're um, they've gotten a little bigger. And they're like the some of the people that have been there a while. They mentioned like, no, when we first started, it was the whole company working on one thing. Like there wasn't, mm. we didn't have multiple projects going. It was we're all doing uh, Psychonauts, we're all doing Brutal Legend, we're all doing whatever. There's no A team, B team, C team. Uh, Brutal going Legend on. was a great game. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. That just reminded me of that. Yeah. Oh, that was such a fucking good game. Such a yeah. silly game. Mm-hmm. Very. Not surprised Double Fine made it. <laughs> yeah. kind of kind of game. Um, but it was, it was interesting talking to uh, hear them talk about like, okay, we've got this VR game, which is supposed to be relatively small, like one level just to bridge uh, two games together. 
and they're like, well, this is kind of getting bigger, but now they're wanting to ramp up Psychonauts too. And like people, the, the, the good people that Tim, like they, they have Tim come in, like he's pretty involved, but he's also doing a bunch of other shit. Cause he's the head of the company. Yeah. Um, and so he'll come in and like hear a good idea of this. Uh, I can't remember her name, but she's a concept artist and she was just in on the stuff and she had really good design ideas and like he keyed in on that and they're like everybody's like fuck he's totally stealing her from our team like fuck mm-hmm. for psychonauts too and so like stuff like that happening where people are shuffling from project to project that they have going on at a, any one time and it's interesting to see that happen but i think one i i just watched an episode i think it's episode four uh well i watched a little bit ago but episode four was they were talking um about creating the fig page for psychonauts too because remember they did the crowdfunding for it mm-hmm. with their own crowdfunding company with fig um remember that and they were they were looking through the initial like uh campaign page and like the go, going through what was going to be the copy on it and stuff and uh somebody described uh psychonauts as like not selling well like this critically acclaimed but didn't sell well kind of game and it like irked tim because he talked about it in one of the earlier episodes he's like i get I, he's like i'd really get over that because it bothered me forever he's like it actually sold well for us like we were fine like it did well but for whatever reason people had bigger you know aspirations for it and it now that's become we're like the poster child for a game that didn't sell well that's creative kind of thing he's like i hate that and he didn't mm-hmm. want that on the page he's like i don't want to have that out there um, cause he even mentioned like, that's one of the first interview questions that they would get about it. It was like, Oh, so, but didn't sell very well, huh? And it's like, well, he had to train himself not to be defensive about that. Cause it's just, they're not right about it. I like, guess there's different kind of context. Is it selling as much as a, you know, Mario game? Fucking no, but, but what sold, well, no. yeah, but it sold well enough. Um, but it was interesting to see, like, I can, I wish I had written it down the specific thing they were talking about, but like criticisms people have about companies or games or the general vibe that's said about something or you think you figured out why they are they think or did something they did they've absolutely had a long discussion about whatever you're saying no question like you see them in these meetings having very very like building block level like very tiny parts of something of the game like they're having a long discussion about that like mm. they've come to that decision for whatever reason like you're not revealing anything to them they likely don't already know right like that kind of thing so it's a interesting to think about for like people that want to criticize stuff i think uh to get some insight into uh seeing a team work through it mm. um it's not easy <laughs> yeah i mean i don't At think anyone all. ever would say i think mean, uh, yeah. at least moderately aware of this stuff they would never yeah. game devs i would i would think so but it's a lot it's a lot different when i i could say that i know that just because i i generally understand that to be the case but now to actually have a ex- concrete example in my face i know it for sure now mm. i can point to why um kind of thing i think that'd be valuable for people to see even if they already do understand that i think it lets you see it uh up and close personal right yeah it's something that i've been meaning to watch because i i've seen before the um the god of war one like the 2017 Mm. or 2018 god of war that documentary they did it's only like hour and a half two hours maybe it's on sony's like a, a playstation youtube channel for free if you want to watch it 
Um, but that, I think it was an interesting kind of behind the scenes peak, but also felt so condensed mm. that, you know, it's like, how much did we really get to see? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and this is like, I think it's 32 episodes and they range from like 15 minutes to the last episode. I think it's like an hour and a half, but like mm. they're wow. anywhere between like 15 to 45 minutes an episode, roughly. But like you get to see stuff like someone leave the company that had been there for a long time. I haven't watched it yet, but I've been reading stuff about this documentary. Like later on, it gets really tense because there's an obvious member that grates with everybody else. And you get to see that build up and then the firing of that person and then the immediate reaction of the entire company to the firing of that person. Um, and so all that kind of, and then like psychonauts 2 didn't have the smoothest development uh so you get to see into that and they had money stuff that was coming up with that it became an expensive thing all these kind of things going on that i don't think people think about um mm -hmm. they just see an, an end product i think it's easy to criticize the end product and i'm not saying that that means they're you can't criticize them anymore but i think any context you can have to to talk about games a little a little better is mm -hmm. worth it Game development's not easy. I mean, yeah. it's not. It's it's funny to kind of follow dev circles and everybody be like, why the why do people still make game design documents as an example? Because like yeah. back in the day, a game design document made sense because things were much simpler. Mm -hmm. But these days, you almost throw that game design document out the window pretty quickly once you start yeah. getting in and realize, okay, yeah, this doesn't work the way we thought it would. Yeah. And then you've got essentially years of that, like okay, we built the feature that we thought we wanted. This is not great. We need to change it. And it's just yeah. that over and over and yeah. over. Again. They're doing the same stuff. Like you brought up the God of War. Like, isn't it with like the Leviathan X throwing it and bringing it back? Wasn't it like one guy was saying, he's like, yeah, this is what I worked on for like six I, months. I think so. Or yeah. eight months. That was it. Like imagine you're doing that one thing over and over. Like until you get it. Mm -hmm. Like that's how Can you imagine they get doing that for six months and then you finally get it and you're like that's gotta be the best fucking day like the best <laughs> feeling in the world yeah. especially that specifically because everyone yeah. around the world when they play it, they're like hitting that triangle button is one that of the best feelings in the game the right? when that fucking slaps yeah. his forearm is one of the yeah. best things to know that you did that oh, yeah. would be that would be a really cool feeling right because right. yeah, they, they're getting into the all kinds of just like with like jumping in a game well how high should they jump how long should it take for yeah. them to come back down Right. Like that's a long discussion. Like it's we take it for granted, but that's a very like they have to have that nailed down. There's so even like, there's even weirder stuff with that as well because of the way that building games works and whether you want to use like fake physics or whether you want yeah. to use real physics. Mm -hmm. So even like well, let's like you know we're gonna have this character. What is like what is this character? What is this fake object's fake mass going to be so that it will fake react to? simulated gravity in this world or do we just want to not have anything have gravity to it but yeah just like everything moves down unless it's attached to the ground right yeah and there's so also there's, like collision between objects too that can be yeah. Wonky, yeah. so there's so many little things that we that are just taken for granted as a th uh that are even super common like every game it has you you're moving there's movement of some mm. kind whatever it is and there's a long, a lot of long discussions about what that is. What does that mean? How does that work? And like, so like, yeah, the, like it's... the movement thing specifically, one of the, one of the things I did when I was in school for game development was we basically rebuilt lockout from Halo two. And yeah. even though it was 
we got it as close as possible, it never felt the same because of the movement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that that is a, a really good point in terms of like the movement is it's pretty important to yeah. the yeah. flow of the game, how you move through all that stuff. And we yeah. all just take it for granted. Right. Like even yeah. the simple like a running animation and movement, if you think about it, like it's a cross department problem, because like from yeah. a game design perspective, you're moving at a set speed in a set direction. But you're really just like you can imagine a T pose model just moving without any animation. And that's essentially what it's doing. And it's the animation department's team to create a running animation that believably is moving at that speed and is reacting to the world around them in a way that makes sense. There can be such like slight aspects of that that are wrong as well. It's like, yeah, the character's moving, the character's running, and like, yeah, they're they're coming across the ground. But if you like fuck up the rate of speed versus the rate of like when a footfall happens it can look like they're gliding mm-hmm. and yeah. you know our our brains and our eyes will see that and you know we'll do that uncanny valley thing to be like something's not right there yeah it feels <laughs> we'll wrong. see it yeah and there's like sound team has to sync up the footsteps and make sure the footsteps make sense and then if you're in a cave does the footsteps sound different than if you're on grass in the field right and then if you're in a cave do you want to just have it that you now replace the regular footstep with an echoing footstep or do you want to use some kind of uh, uh audio simulation that like it will reverb based on the geometry that is surrounding you it's just there's millions millions of different little decisions that get to get yeah. made yeah like we we're talking about Elden Ring earlier you i can't imagine how long they talked about like how fast should this thing how fast should we swing this sword yeah mm-hmm. how fast I should think... that go <laughs> like for every single one of them mm-hmm. for, for, game, one. for like, games that are purposefully difficult as well it's probably mm-hmm. that much harder like it's mm-hmm. you know it's easy to make something like it does the thing but then to refine it and tweak it to some arbitrary difficulty to be like, well, it's going to be this fast and this hard mm-hmm. because. I think Souls games do a really good job too of like when you're fighting really big enemies, they move like believably big, lumbering, hulking enemies. You know what I mean? They're not moving really quickly and agilely. Or if they mm-hmm. do, there's something about their design that makes you, that clues you in immediately where you're like, I need to move fast because that thing is going to move fast, you know? Yeah. I think this also, get, uh, it's a good reminder of like why games, some games take forever to make. Like, so, so many games are when they do come out and they don't work as well as like, they don't get received well critically or by fans or whatever. Like the game, the, the people made it know the state of the game. They're not like delusional probably about, what is happening and so much of it's just time like there's mm-hmm. a reason that something like red dead 2 which is absurd in its detail was in development for how fucking long i don't like forever I think 30 years yeah. 40 years feels like like if for a long ass time or like the reason like when the god of war reboot did come out how long was that in development like it's six seven years and stuff mm-hmm. like that like these games take forever you you brought up one of my biggest pet peeves when I see like people complaining about like the state of a game when it comes out and it's like oh it's so broken how did the developers miss this how did QA yeah, miss this like, no one missed it. it they know a, there's a yeah. timeline there's so many other factors yeah. going on yeah they some games have the luxury of they can just make their release date whenever they want mm-hmm. 
Uh, it's a business that, or yeah. a risk decision yeah. at the end of the day. Like, if we don't release this now, can our studio yep. continue? Like, mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. That release like... is what keeps that studio alive yeah. at the end of the day. And they have to weigh that kind of risk reward of if we release it in this state, yep. do we at least bring in enough revenue to continue development and get it to a much better place to where it will sell the way we wanted to? Yeah. Or are we just going to let the studio go under? I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. That's how close the margins are on a lot of these two. And I don't think people realize that outside of Nintendo and it's you know, a very 2K, sh- short list. It's a <laughs> huge risk with every release. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, to, to, to use Nintendo and like Pokemon releases, you know, for people saying, wow, this game's broken. They have so much money. They could push it back. The pushing back of the game would mean the pushback of trading card game releases, the pushback of the anime release, the pushback of uh, plushes that they're planning on releasing, the announcement timeline. Yeah. Um, there's just there's so like much a different stratosphere. Yeah, yeah. The bigger in the game, the just more insane it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At like, this point, like the Pokemon games are a smaller part of the larger like Pokemon circus yeah. that's going yeah. on. It would be fascinating to get something that was at that scale of, of a documentary that followed it like this because Psychonauts and Double Fine, Double Fine as a company is not the biggest company in the world. They're not big. Um, but just to see how much goes into even something, a game of this size, of this scale, which is not huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, not not, it's, not a, it's not an indie game, but it's, it's, not, it's, it's not your big AAA thing either. Yeah. Um, so it's... I think it gives people a lot of good insight because it's. I, I I would hope with some people would be like Jesus, is this what it is for this? Like, what is it for something like the games we've been talking about, like Elden Ring or yeah. your Breath of the Wild Two is now coming out. It's like that was you know seven years or whatever, six years after Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Like, and it seems to be like man, this is largely taking place on a similar map. It feels like, at least from what yeah. we've seen. Who knows? I mean, obviously there'll be new stuff in it. Right. But it's like even they have that, and they have a systems in place to where it's it's a sequel to a game we know. Like that's six it's six years later. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> pretty crazy. Yeah, they had to do some stuff to it, right? Mario's I mean, been jumping around forever in those mainland Mario games. They have a long gaps between when they come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's and mario to bring it back to like earlier in this episode like even dead island 2 i would love to yeah. see a documentary of oh, oh man that, that moved, would be crazy it moves dev teams several times mm-hmm. and companies that owned it like yeah it would be a pretty crazy one for sure it's it's fascinating to see the documentaries for successful games mm-hmm. i would love to see the documentaries for for failed or canceled games yeah agreed like what oh what like led scale to bound that would be <laughs> yeah i think i think a scale yeah. bound one would be super fascinating I, between I like go. everything because we know like platinum games is a company that will like they will put out like licensed games build up funds and then they will and then they will put out like their own love child kind of thing yes mm-hmm. um like a, a pa- true passion project like Battlelands um, fall yeah. Yeah. hey sometimes passions are not great yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean i would love a double feature of like uh scale bound and, and babylon's fall yeah. that would be interesting but yeah but yeah that's uh double finds documentary psych odyssey Psych-Odyssey, right all on there, youtube if you just look double fine productions on youtube it's it's all on there oh yeah for free, free. 
free viewing after you're done with this podcast you can go yeah. check that out um so i've been playing a lot of like a dragon ishin the new yakuza game that has been rebranded to like a dragon uh this is the one set toward the end of the uh to like it's like in the late 1800s um it's samurai but there are revolvers too because there's weapons yes. coming in from the west uh it's pretty interesting in terms of its historical aspects like i think if you're a J japanese history nerd this is gonna be right up your alley because i mean I'm, it's not you know necessarily historically accurate I, I would I'm, hope not. I'm not going to say it's, you know, like there was a man named, well, it's not Kiryu in this game. It's Sakamoto Ryoma, right? It's, I can't confirm whether there was a person like that in history, but it does go into like, you know, how for a while there, the shogunate and the real government were two separate things and the shogunate control really controlled everything. You know, like it was kind of military at that point. And yeah, samurais were bad dudes in case you didn't know. Yeah, except it's for you, your your yeah. samurai is a good dude. Okay, yeah, <laughs> samurai's kind of fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know they they get into that they get into the like the whole um the great restoration and like you know at what point does everything kind of coalesce into one government in Edo, which is now Tokyo, right? So they get into all of that stuff that I think is really interesting, and they even have a side quest where like if you know your Japanese history, Matthew Perry, not Chandler from Friends, but this admiral from. Uh, america is one of the first americans to come in and like ask japan to open up the country to trade and etc you run into him in this game in a mm. side quest but it's not really him it's it's a man named monsieur pony who is a white dude and all it is is that he lands and he says please open up the country and then pukes because he's seasick and the whole side quest is you finding out different ways to get him to not be seasick including beating the shit out of beautiful. him beautiful beautiful it is still no, no. A, a like a dragon game through and very much a like a dragon game. That's, that's <laughs> all I would want from it. Yeah, it's absolutely silly. It is chock full of side quests, random characters, dumb things to do. Tell um, me about the mini games. There's a lot of mini games. There's, uh, I mean, karaoke. Obviously, um, it doesn't oh, yeah, you know so have modern look the same. It, it does. Yeah, it doesn't quite look the same. They do have a rendition of Bakamitai, um, which is great. Uh, they have a dancing mini game. They have uh, one where it's like you work at a udon restaurant and everyone gives you orders in rapid succession. And then it's like Simon says, basically, where you have to hit the face buttons in order to like give them the right toppings on the udon. Yeah. Um, and it gets harder the, the better you do. Uh, there's fishing because, of course, there's fishing. Yes. Um, I'm trying to think of like some of the, the weirdest I mean, there's there's mahjong, I think, which I'm just uh, not going mean, to bother. No, I, like, what, it's always I, there, but I don't bother either. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand it personally. I, I, I bet you know I could there put in one, the effort. There was like one time I was playing one of the Yakuza games. I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to figure this out. And then I just get page, 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 page. I was like, fuck me, page, <laughs> yeah. page. It's like page. twenty pages, page. twenty plus like, pages. Oh my god! I was like, I'm, I'm not spending three hours learning how to play mahjong. <laughs> like, mm -hmm fuck that yeah there's i think like a wood chopping mini game so yeah you know there's there's quite a bit here where you can oh there's like wood farming chopping. in it too it's not as in-depth as like a harvest moon or anything but yeah. you, you have yeah. your own little villa armor cure you yeah uh in terms of combat i think you can expect it to feel more like a yakuza kiwami like kind of more of the older school yakuza games where Roller. it's like you've got your four styles 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is maybe the the one thing in the game that always makes me like kind of laugh in a laugh at it instead of with it kind of way. Because I feel like if you played like a dragon games, the the moments when it gets serious, it's very hyper masculine macho bravado drama, right? Yeah. It's all it always like every scene somehow boils down to two dudes beating the sh- absolute shit out of each other after they rip their clothes yeah. off well they don't do that in the samurai times but yeah, yeah they, they it's just two dudes beating the shit out of each other and then afterwards a, the plot moves on you I have seen that there's a fight in a sauna where they use steam to cover up your bits yes there is a fight in the sauna that is very fun nice. um that's pretty good but i think what hits me a little weird is back in the you know in the the older games which is ironically the more modern time set ones where you're really just beating people up with your fists and occasionally yeah. using you know the environment right yeah. it's more believable when the fight ends and the cutscene is like two dudes ragged fucking tired like bloody but still alive right when you're using swords yeah. <laughs> cutting the shit out of people and then it ends with like no blood on them they're just a little tired I think that feels a little weird, you know, it, it kind of yeah. takes away from the macho bravado or like it, it feels um, because, you know, like in when you see samurai movies, like usually sword fights, once someone gets cut, that's like the end of the fight. Yeah. It's usually that cuts the lethal one. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're doing that a lot in the fight. But then outside the fight, it's like, you know, no one's gotten cut yet. You know, even though you're doing some like wacky, you know, weird spin move stab animation type shit. Like there's a move where you stab someone and then lift them off the ground with them on your sword, <laughs> just, <laughs> just pile drive them into the ground. Then, then they walk home after. <laughs> they, yeah. they do, yeah. <laughs> Even the random, you know, schlubs you fight on the street, they're like, "Oh, sorry, we won't do that again," and they're totally fine. Like, I won't bother they, you. They chew on a few green herbs, and it just like seals yeah. up. Pretty much, yeah. But I mean, it's it's still everything you would expect from, you know, a, like a dragon game. I think if you've liked the older ones, you will enjoy this one. It just has a new flavor, you know, new historical samurai flavor to it. But all the mechanics are the same. The characters, you know, are here, but they're just different. I mean, they are technically different characters, you know, but the models for them are pretty similar. Like, you know, you're playing yeah. Kiryu, you know, at some point you have to fight Majima yeah yeah i mean i would hope so yeah yeah my majima's character in this is actually pretty cool i, I like him i mean he's still pretty largely similar but like his yeah. arc is nice um i'm almost done with it it's taken me i don't know like 30 40 hours at least there's a lot of side quests in this there's definitely a lot of like you just want to run to the next destination and you get stopped on the street by like five side quests it's it's definitely one of those games you know so it's a like a dragon uh, game. It, yeah, kind of, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. I'm enjoying it. It's a nice uh, kind of turn off your brain sort of game until the story stuff happens because the story stuff is yep. kind of engaging in this one. So I'll take Sweet. it. Yeah. yeah. It's a like a dragon Ishin. It's out now, has been out since like Feb. So, I mean, honestly, if you're a fan, you're already probably playing it, right? probably yeah uh stretch you have been playing some old game boy games yeah so i i totally had the uh ambition and the plan to try to get a whole bunch of hours into wolong uh which just dropped yesterday at time of recording um to to give some thoughts on that 
Uh, and instead, I have done nothing but continue playing Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga on the Nintendo Switch Online. Mm. Um, now, is that the new game from Team Ninja? <laughs> uh, the Mario one or yeah. the World yeah, yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like Dark Souls, but Mario. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'd play so it. this was this was a game that I played a shit ton of in uh, in school, in high school, and stuff. Um, and I did beat. I know that I really struggled with some of the stuff later. Boy, I used to suck at video games. This game mm-hmm. is like coming back to it as an adult with some idea of balancing stats and you know better timing and stuff. God, it's it's a very easy game. <laughs> You're <laughs> a pro just, gamer now. It is just a nice, uh, a nice, happy romp through the Bean Kingdom or Bean Bean Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the key aspects of that. So I've been, you know, balancing stats better, just you know, playing uh, thoroughly, enjoying myself in the game, and then I got to a village where they sell the mush badge which is, I don't know how they put this item in the game and they didn't think that it wouldn't immediately break it. But you can you can buy multiple of these badges so you can equip them. Uh, you know, for those who don't know, um, Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga is like a very basic Mario RPG, uh, but it's got the cool elements of, of combat that like the A button will always control Mario. The B button will always control Luigi. Um, but in combat, that means that you can, uh, even when you're getting attacked, you can like jump or swing your hammer and stuff. And it it means that it's not just static uh, turn-based RPG com- uh, combat, that there's mm. like more interactive element to it, which is really fun. So um, you're saying it's better than Final Fantasy? uh i would i would say that combat is more engaging than final fantasy it may not be as deep as complex but i the fact that you're not just like you know by the time you get to the end of final uh, a game of final fantasy you can like kind of set up what you know each character is going to do and just kind of like mash the interact button um this lets you get a bit more into it um Mm. but this mush badge increases the base damage you do based on how many mushrooms are in your inventory <laughs> and it it doesn't directly affect your like your your power stat but it's just like it's a base increase and there's mm-hmm. like a, a formula for it that it's pretty basic but got these mush badges immediately went and purchased as many mushrooms <laughs> as i could and then you very quickly go from doing um, like you know one of the one of the like bros super attacks that they can do, you know you go from doing maybe 30, 40 damage to two hundred damage. And with how many uh, how many mushrooms did it take for you to get to that point? Uh, so at that point, I had already gotten a thing that let me double the the amount of cash that I get. So I was absolutely flush flush with cash. So like I bought, you know, 80 something regular mushrooms and 60 something super mushrooms. And there's still ultra mushrooms that I like can be buying more of as well. Mm. Um, but, you know, there are there are bosses that I've fought in this game 
today that I think I was probably stuck on for like four or five days as a kid, just between bad optimizing, bad rolls on the on the level up table, no uh, mush badge. sucking at the game, no mush badge uh, that I was just having legitimate problems with. And it's just been like, oh, cool. I, I beat that boss in three rounds of combat. Mm. Let's keep going. Nice. It's always crazy going back to games you played when you were younger now and being like, God, I was fucking dumb. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, this is such an easy way to exploit the crap out of everything. And there's also that's the that's the mush badge that I have. There's also going to be a mush badge A and a mush badge AA that I'll be able to purchase later that are just the mush badge, but more effective. So if I already have all of the mushrooms in my inventory, then getting, you know, the next tier of badge is just going to like people beat the final boss of this game in like three hits Um, when when they've got it fully broken. And like there's a small part of me that's just like, I'm glad that I didn't experience this as a kid. Like now that I'm an older and I like want to get through it quickly. Yeah, that's what I want. It's the speed up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is the speed run. Yeah. Yeah yeah how how is how is it playing on the playing it on the switch online thing how has that experience been it's it's great um i you know haven't been noticing any you know framey issues i do still wish that there was a way to full screen or like change the change the border stuff because it's like i'm playing on my screen and the aspect ratio of the game boy advance screen to my switch screen are still the same but it's like shrunken down letterboxed mm. um letterboxed within it and you know you've got like this the the extra patterning on the sides and stuff and i just it baffles me that i can't just say be full screen like i yeah. i have all of this screen real estate i want to use it yeah i get that yeah that's yeah like video video like stretch wide settings and the ability to remap controls are just the two things that the NSO emulators need. Because like yeah. I have not been able to stomach playing an N64 game uh, because of how crap the the controls are mm. um, for for stuff. Right, but you can do the whole like save state thing on them, right? I think. Yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. So that's just like some extra cheese on top if you really. Just yeah. need to beat a game early early on for like the first two or three up get upgrades because when you get when you level up you get a few static upgrades and then you have a bonus wheel and you can pick one stat and then it will roll a roulette wheel um and then you'll get different upgrades um the the more frequently you use the bonus wheel on a specific stat the lower its chances of bonuses will be so like mm-hmm. i was also an idiot kid that was like well, I always want to be upgrading my attack and not putting anything into like defense or health. Yeah, who needs but then that? by using the attack more, like I would only ever get a chance for a one or a two bonus. But if I like move to defense, then like only fours and fives would appear. Mm. Uh, so in in the early game, when I was thinking, oh, this is game is going to be hard because I remember it being hard two decades ago. Um, so I did. I did save scum a few of those bonus rolls. <laughs> nice, perfect. <laughs> like always ensure max bonus. 
Yeah, it's that 20 years of experience has taught you well. <laughs> You're a hardened gamer now. A true well, but, gamer. I mean, but then now it's like I found this I found this badge and it's just like, oh, it, it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter. Um, mm -hmm. And that's for that's for any type of damage I do. It is increased. So you can also like jump on an enemy to start combat. Um, and it, it hits everyone. So a lot of the combat as I'm walking around, I will land on an enemy and it will kill all of them in one. And it's just like straight from like overworld battle screen, they're dead automatically level up. Very nice. Classic. Well, now we know the Super Mario uh, Superstars Pro Strats. That's yeah. right. It's, it's a great game. If you have not played it, uh, check it one out. One of the things I always liked about it is that this was like the... They really started giving Mario and Luigi like personalities. Luigi more so than Mario, but oh, yeah, Luigi's great in it, and how they they just there's always an in joke in the Mario um, the and Luigi RPG games. Like everybody's just talking shit about Luigi all the time. They're like some but somebody will see him like, "Who are you again?" Like, "Oh, you're Mario's brother." Like, "That's mm. right." Oh, you're the loser one. You're the one who's scared all the time. He's like, oh, all right. Yeah, and he walks away. It's like, they're always doing Luigi dirty, man. Mm. They yeah, they do him real, real bad in this in these yeah. games. Yeah, he's like, like shit. Oh, Mario and the other one are here. Yes. Guys. <laughs> like nobody even remembers his name ever. Green Mario. Yeah. I just I just got to the point in the game where Mario gets fed a mushroom that he shouldn't have eaten and so he's like poisoned and he's gonna get turned into a into a bean person um and as as luigi you're too scared to do anything so you instead go to the town hypnotist who hypnotizes luigi into thinking that he's mario and then he goes on like a, yeah. a brave adventure gets the thing that will cure mario yeah. And then he snaps out of it and he forgets all of it. <laughs> Jesus. Like, okay. That's great. That's dark. That's pretty good. That's yeah. <laughs> that, that, but it's pretty funny. It, yeah. It's super comedic and there's a lot of really fantastic like retro Mario references in there as well. Mm. Like there's a dude in a in a who walks around in a cracked Yoshi egg shell. And when he attacks, he'll like get small. And that little cursor from the Yoshi games will appear, and that's how he attacks you. Oh, uh, I hope they make yeah. more of those. I know they—they they, it's been a while, and the the company doesn't exist anymore. I forgot their name. Uh, yeah, because they did this Radical one, which Dreams, was I think maybe Mario and Luigi, and then they did Partners in Time because mm -hmm. the DS had the two extra face buttons. So yep, A and yeah. B are Mario and Luigi, and X and Y are Baby Mario and Baby Luigi. Yeah. And they had Bowser's Inside Story, where you play half of the game as Bowser and half of the game as Mario and Luigi inside Bowser. Yeah. And then they had Mario and Luigi and Paper Mario, where just because they were yeah. like, "Fuck it," they threw it to the wind. Well, they and that dream Paper one. Mario's there. I can't remember the name of that. Was it dream one? one? I don't even remember that one. Well, because they, they get weird in it, and like you're you're in like this weird dream place where you just multiply Luigi's, and like you're making a tornado of Luigi's <laughs> <laughs> as an ability, or like a ball of Luigi's that you're bouncing around and shit. What the fuck? Oh yeah, Dream Team. Yeah, Dream Team for the 3DS. That one's a good one. Wild. But I yeah, that the uh, what's the company's name again? Isn't it like? 
uh, Alpha Dream. Yeah. Alpha Dream. Alpha Dream. Some dream. Yeah. They they don't exist anymore. Yeah. Mm. October first, twenty nineteen, ceased yeah. operations. Filed for bankruptcy. It's oh. too bad. Tell you what, they had a really good run between yeah. two thousand three and twenty nineteen. That's um, like eight eight good RPGs. They're all yeah. They're all worth time. They're all good stuff. Mm. They're fun yes. games. Yeah, well, you can play one of them on the Nintendo Switch online system, right? GBA. Yeah. 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 Hopefully, we'll get more. Yeah, maybe, maybe one day. Yes. We'll be strong enough to emulate the DS for the GameCube. <laughs> no, maybe one day. The power. God, it's been six years and they've finally got 10 Game Boy Advance games on it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, well, you know, we'll definitely have the power soon because we didn't talk about it, but, you know, there's the, the leaks are ramping up for Switch 2. Is it 2019 again? I don't know, but we'll have new uh, hardware soon enough. Allegedly. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, but I think that is a good place for us to wrap this week's episode of the Tech Raptor podcast. We hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening on. If you haven't already, and hit the subscribe button, you know, smash that like button if you're on YouTube and let us know in the comments down below if you've seen Psych Odyssey before. And if you have, let us know your thoughts on, you know, general game development. Did it change the way you view, you know, video games are easy to make or not easy to make? We'd love to know what you think. Um, you can check out our socials. You can interact with the show. We're always doing some fun stuff. You can check out, I think we're doing a bracket, right? A March Madness handheld yeah, Madness, bracket. baby. Yes. Should um, be starting today. Yeah. Uh, March, well, right. we can't say, well, March Madness, Tomorrow. but not trademarked. You know, it's our own March Madness. That's right. Uh, yes. But you can Mo- vote for your favorite Madness. handheld. Mobile Madness. Um, yeah, there's just we've got a bunch of like handheld games. We got mobile division, the GBA division, DS, and PlayStation. It's division. pure handheld. Isn't yeah, it? it's all handheld. Yeah, yeah, handheld and mobile. Yeah. So with no Zelda games because they all suck on handheld. That's mm-hmm. what we have a staff have decided they're not even worth to be voted on. Yeah, and, and these are objective. <sighs> Many wrong yeah. opinions. <laughs> who hurt you, Auden? Who hurt you? I the whole staff himself contributed to this list. All I'm saying, mm-hmm. no Zelda handheld games made it to the list. I mean, he's got a point. I did not make any of those decisions. But yeah, keep an eye on our socials. Vote for your favorite games out there. We'd love to see what what wins. You know, what b- wins based on the reader choice, right? Um, you can always go to TechRaptor.net as well. Where we're always publishing news, reviews, features, etc. Throughout the week. But if you want more of this show, we will be back next Monday. We will see you then.